Welcome to The Chic Space, a podcast by Premier Designs, where you hear stories from our jewelers about Premier's purpose of enriching lives and training tips on how you can build your business. Jewelers, it's time to seize the day. Our 2020 incentive trip is a seven-day cruise of a lifetime. March 22nd through the 29th on the Norwegian Joy. Head over to the Jewelers site to see how you can qualify to get on board. For this episode, your host is Bob Bolander. Vice President of Marketing Services. Well, we are excited about our next podcast here, part of Chic Space, and I'm really excited about the jeweler that we have as our guest today. She has been in Premier for four years now, comes from Monroe, Ohio. She is a designer in our leadership level, and I tell you what, I am impressed by this young lady and her hard work and her leadership because we have with us today Cassidy Beatty. Cassidy, are you with us? Yes. Hi, Bob. How are you? I am doing great. I'm so glad you've taken the time to share a little bit of your premier experience with us. And uh, I want to start by just giving you an opportunity to introduce yourself. Uh, Tell us about your family and uh, how you came to be a part of the premier family. Absolutely. Uh, I'm Cassidy. Yes, we live in Ohio. I am a native Texan, which I always make that distinction for people. Uh, But I moved up here for a a corporate job out of college. My husband is from Maryland. Chris, he was also up here working. He works at GE Aviation and we met at church. So now I live in Ohio. Uh, That wasn't necessarily my plan for my life, but we've definitely put down roots. Uh, We have three kiddos. Maxwell is eight, Gianna is five, and Presley Harper, who was actually named after two of our necklaces, uh, is two. We also have two cats and a dog, so um, life is busy, never a dull moment around here for sure. Uh, I can imagine. Now, that's interesting. Your youngest daughter was named after jewelry. A lot of times our jewelry are named after somebody, but you kind of took that another way. What was your inspiration (laughs) for that? What What was behind that? It was actually a really fun, uh, just the way that that played out. A uh, second rally was my husband's first rally, and we were trying. So when we went to rally, we were our two-week wait, trying to find, you know, didn't know if we were expecting or not, but we're hoping we were. And that was the year that the Get in the Game Challenge uh, happened, and I had achieved the champion level, which was the top level where you got the whole line free. So the first day of rally on Wednesday, we pick up my box and I'm so excited. We're looking through all the pieces in the catalog and came across the Presley set, which is rose gold and turquoise. And then there, well, I saw that and I was like, that's really pretty. I love turquoise. And then I thought, Ooh, Presley, that's a cute name. And then we keep looking and we come to the Harper necklace, which is gold with some white stones in it. And I said, oh, Harper, that's cute, too. And I just looked at him, and I said, hmm, Presley Harper. And he just gave me this look, and it was done. It was like, if we're pregnant and it's a girl, that's her name. We never had a single conversation about it. I told all of my uh, guests at my jewelry events that whole time I was pregnant um, that, you know, about that, and everybody thought it was so funny. Oh, so, um, yeah, so that's her name. I pulled those two necklaces, and they're in a shadow box above her crib. <laughs> so. oh, very good. That's a, that's a fun story. I appreciate you sharing that. And um, coming into Premier, because you, you said it's been about four years, uh, what what was behind that? What How did God lead you into the Premier family? Uh, he definitely led me in without me realizing what he was doing at the time, that is for sure, because... My why for joining was really just a why not is really what it came down to. I had never heard of Premier until my girlfriend hosted a party with Brooks and Ice, who is now my 
jewelry mama and close friend. And I wasn't even able to attend, but I ordered a, a piece. And when Brooke was following up with me about my bracelet, she asked if she, she could tell me about the opportunity. And I listened to her and I remember thinking, you know, I'm happy for her that this has worked out for her, uh, but I just would never do that. <laughs> and I don't know if I told her that, but I remember leaving her house and just kind of thinking, no, like I wouldn't do that. And at that time, I still had a corporate job. So then I just kind of forgot about it for the next several months. And then as Providence would have it, I didn't see that at the time, but looking back, it's so clear now. Uh, on the exact same day, God just spoke to my husband and I independently so clearly and told us it was time for me to give up that career, which is what I thought I would be doing forever. So that was a very scary decision, but he just made it so clear that we knew that was what we we're supposed to do. So I put in my two weeks notice. And I, I don't know if it was a day or two days later, I happened to be at Brooke's house again for her, I believe it was her 10-year anniversary renewal party. Um, and she asked if I thought any more about it. The answer was no, but there was a special going on. The boutique was $200 off that month. And she told me, well, I think you should go talk to Chris about it again. And I told her I would, really thinking that he would just be like, you know, no, we've got a lot going on and it's probably a scam anyway. <laughs> uh, but to my surprise, and I will forever be grateful, he was just, like, you know, babe, I think you should just try it. Uh, Brooke at that time was telling, I don't know if she still does this, but she told me if I would do six events, if I make back all my money, she'd write us a check for the difference. And so I think that's what really resonated with my husband because he was like, okay, well, if that's the case, then it really is a risk-free trial and you never know if you like it if you don't give it a try. And, you know, let's just see. In worst case scenario, you can do it a couple months and then quit. And hey, you like jewelry, maybe you'll meet some people. I mean, that was really the attitude of like, okay, we'll just see. I had no really expectations other than uh, I was intrigued by the 50%. We loved the biblical basis for the company. And we just were sort of like, all right, let's just see what's on the other side of this door. So we walked through it. Well, that's very good. And I tell you what, there's a little little training in all of that experience because Brooke, when she first introduced Premier to you, she didn't have any excuses. She talked to you, and she probably talks to everybody, and then she continued to follow up. God's the one who brought all the timing together. So uh, kudos to Brooke, because uh, she didn't uh, make excuse for you. She just talked about Premier, and she kept talking about Premier. And then for you, just waiting for God to provide the perfect timing. Yeah, that, that's great. Absolutely. Now, I, I tell you, do you use that same approach to those that you share Premier with? You know, Bob, when I was thinking about having this conversation with you, I was it, it occurred to me, you know what, like, I need to be more bold like that. Because I think all of us fall into that trap of assuming about other people. And I mean, if you'd have asked me even right after she shared with me, you know, scale of one to 10, would you ever be a jeweler? I would have told you like one, I really would have. And yet, uh, she saw me for what I could do with it instead of what I thought at the moment. Mm -hmm she did stay on me and she was very persistent. And, and uh, I was just reflecting on that recently that I need to kind of remind myself of that when I'm feeling uh, either intimidated by someone I'm sharing with, or just assuming, well, she's not acting interested. Like I'll just move on. It's definitely a good lesson. Well, that's very good. Uh, I, I tell you, you have a steady business and you've got a great business, a model business for everybody uh, to follow. But uh, obviously that's because of how you approach your business. So I want to ask you to talk a little bit about the systems that you use in your business that allow you to just be steady and consistent with what you do. Absolutely. So 
the vast majority of my business is still based in in-person events, uh, whether at someone's house or I do a lot of events at coffee shops or restaurants. But the the in-person showing the jewelry and sharing that with um, ladies is just the heart and soul of my business. And so it's really important for me with how busy we are that it kind of the, the business aspects of it are rinse and repeat. I do the same things the same way over and over again. Uh, I just got my 250 jewelry show club. Woo-hoo. And so, you know, that's about how many times I've done what I do. And honestly, in the last several years, I haven't changed much of anything. I do the same thing over and over, but it doesn't get stagnant because it's always new people. So I think that's an important thing sometimes to remind um us jewelers, we're, we're constantly hearing new ideas from other people. And sometimes it's tempting to think like, well, what everyone else does is exciting and new. And so I need to constantly change things. But that really just creates new, uh, more work for us sometimes. So if it's, you know, if it ain't broke, don't it's sort of a, a mindset. But um, I mentioned that we're busy. And just, just because I'm sure some people listening can relate, um, Premier is definitely not the only thing on my plate <laughs> by a long shot. Uh, I, I have the three kids. Uh, the youngest is two, so she's with me all the time. But in addition to that, we've chosen a classical Christian school that's only three days a week. So two days a week, I'm homeschooling on top of all that. Of course, in the summer, they're with me all the time. Uh, my husband and I are also now on staff at our church part-time in addition to his full-time job and my premiere. And so we don't have office hours with that, but we work from home. So I have another part-time job. I'm working from home with my kids along with Premier. And then I also am about to start my first season coaching collegiate volleyball um, this next month on top of all of that. So that'll be one to two games a week and, and practices as well. So I am really spinning a lot of plates and really am at capacity. So my favorite thing about Premier, one of, one of my favorite things, if I can say, um, has always been just the flexibility that we're given um, with no and how much do I want to put into it combined with how much am I able to put into it and then you just go with that and there's never any outside pressure that has been huge for me as I've walked through different seasons Uh, so I'm I'm spending a lot of plates at the same time that I'm doing premiere and I love the flexibility that I have to make that work in the middle of our our crazy busy lives so but what that also means is I want to spend the minimal amount of work time on each event as possible. So there are some things that we do that take a little extra time that are well worth it in the you know realm of keeping it personal. But there's other things that we can be tempted to spend time doing that just aren't really necessary. Maybe extra work that's sort of reinventing the wheel when there's a simpler way to do it. So a couple of things that I have started doing that has really streamlined the cycle, you know, of each of my shows, I'll kind of just start with hostess coaching and um, take you through some of the things that I consistently do. One thing I've started doing is just making my invites at hostess coachings. I used to wait until I get home to do that. And then it would be like a homework item on my at home to do list to take time to do that. And most of my hostesses do Facebook events. If they don't have some of their friends on Facebook, I'll also make a graphic text invite for them. But it's like 99% of my shows, the invites are done that way. And I found I can just sit there with my phone out while I'm asking her the questions I'd normally ask about our start time and verifying location and all of those details and just put it in right there, create the event right there. I always keep a album of graphics that work great for cover photos and things to post in Facebook events, just as little teasers of the jewelry. I don't make any of my own graphics. I am so impressed 
by my jeweler sisters that are awesome at doing that. But I'm not awesome at doing it, and I really don't have the extra time. So between Premier's awesome media gallery and then just other graphics that super creative jewelers have already created, it's like I don't need to reinvent the wheel. I have those as a resource. I use them, save them to my phone when I see something cute, and then it's there. So I'm not spending extra time there. So that's the first thing is just when I get home from my hostess coaching, invites are done. That feels really good. Mm-hmm. Then when it comes to my actual going to my shows, Often my jewelry doesn't even leave the back of my car. Now that depends on what else I'm doing and what else needs to fit in the back of my car. But most of the time I will wear in whatever jewelry I was wearing home from my, from my last event and everything else just stays packed in the back of my car until my next event. I try to do one to two a week. So it's not like it's sitting there untouched for a month or anything, but you know, sometimes people at my events will be like, Oh, you have so much jewelry. How do you even decide what to wear? Well, whatever I wore home from my last party, that's probably what you'll see me in the next day and probably the next day too. But that way I'm just not having that extra time unloading everything, laying out all my trays and then having to redo that. I try to take just a couple extra minutes when I'm packing up to put everything back where it goes in my trays and my necklace and bracelet bars so that it's just already ready to go the next time I pull it out. So that saves me time. Kind of along with that, I have my setup down pat. I do it the same every time. I really love the bracelet and necklace bars from the incentive store that have their own perfectly matching zipper bags. Uh, It always makes me laugh because people, if there's still guests hanging around when I'm cleaning, they'll be like, oh my gosh, that's how you do that. Wow. Like you're so fast, you know, getting it all uh, put back together because all I have to do is slide each of those in their own little case and zip it up and then my trays you know stack on top of each other I still use the same carrying case that I got with my boutique when I started so having your setup down pat saves a lot of time as far as my presentation I do the letter game I you know there's other things you can do it's not that that's particularly the best thing or, or whatnot but it's what I'm comfortable with and it works so there's no need to change it I've done the letter game for hundreds of shows and I usually do it with the purse game where people look for things in their purse that start with that letter. If people don't have their purses or maybe I'm in a crowd that's already done the purse game a time or two, I'll switch it up and do the compliment game where they're complimenting their hostess or I'll switch it up and do, where would you like to go on vacation this summer? You know, it doesn't really matter what you do as far as that part, but the letters are always the same. So I always know what I'm going to say. keeps me on track. I'm saying essentially the same things. And then when new jewelry comes out, I'm just showing different pieces but I'm saying pretty much the same thing which means I could do my show in my sleep I don't have to spend time practicing that outside of my events and the other really great thing about that is because I'm not having the stress about what I'm going to do or say I can really focus on the people from the minute they walk in the door which is super important to me for a a number of reasons and um, you know I remember when I was brand new and wasn't sure what I was going to say, you know, you're, you're kind of stressed about that and it makes it better to focus on the people. So find something that works, do it until you are so comfortable with it. You can do it in your sleep. Uh, something else I started doing about a year ago that has saved me so much time. I got an iPad. Most of you probably already have some kind of tablet, but there was a special at the AT&T store. It was $99. And then I got a $50, uh, keyboard that it attaches to it's not a separate piece it's part of the case so it just opens and shuts like a laptop people always think it's a laptop but it's just an ipad with a 50 dollars keyboard and i enter in all of my customers orders at checkout i still keep their paper copy because i have them use that to make their list as i'm talking and showing them the pieces uh, but 
it feels so wonderful driving home from my show and knowing all the orders are already in the system. So I don't have to take separate time, extra time at home to do that. So that's something else that saves me um, a good amount of time as well. Uh, One other thing that saves a bit of time is we can have our hostesses just submit their hostess order after the fact as an order under their party. And then we can just designate them as the hostess from our end. Uh, I don't remember when I kind of figured that out, but you know, she's having to write down all the pieces she wants anyway to text me them or write it on paper and send me that list. And then, then there's an extra step for me to put it in the computer. I found most of the time they're just fine just looking up the pieces they want on my site and sending it through to me as an order. And then I designate them as the hostess. That also means her credit card information is already in the system. So I let her know I'm not going to charge her for what it says that she's going to owe when she puts all her pieces in. Cause of course she's getting them free and half off, but then her credit card's already in there. So after I calculate with the magical button, which pieces are half off and which pieces are free, then I just tell her her final total. She says, great. I hit, I hit charge card and I hit submit, and it's already in the system. So that's also another um, time saver as well. You know, Cassie, in everything you have been sharing, one thing that has stood out to me is you work smart, and you are consistent and not doing busy work by the way you've just laid all this out. It, it, it's genius. And I think a lot of gals, when they get started in Premiere, you even mentioned at the beginning it was kind of like this for you, it's easy to get overwhelmed with all the stuff you have to do. But by what you've done with this system, by really simplifying and streamlining, um, you've made it work with your busy life. So I, I, I applaud you for that. Uh, I love uh, that about entering all the shows, the orders at the show. So it's done. Like you said, on the way home, it's already done. Having the hostess enter it in herself. You're not repeating it. You're not retyping it, re-keyboarding it. Um, and then it all boils down. You said one thing. So you can focus on the people. I love that. And if, I want you to ask, I want you to talk a little bit more about that. How do you focus on the people? What does that look like? I absolutely love my in-person events because of the people. And I know we have so much flexibility and what anyone else wants to, you know, however they want to work their business, I so support. But I, I have a blast at my events and it's the people that make that fun. You know, I, I'm, I already have seen the jewelry (laughs) and I know what the jewelry looks like, but I love getting to know new women or getting to see women I haven't seen in six months or a year and give them a hug and say, Hey, how how have you been? Uh, And I love seeing them having fun with me, but with each other, I love seeing the look on their face when they try on a huge pair of earrings that they would have been scared to wear before. And their girlfriends are telling them they're so cute on them. And then they buy them. And, you know, now she's going to feel so confident wearing that. All of those are things that she couldn't get just from buying jewelry from a store or ordering it online somewhere. That There's a personal aspect of that that you just can't replace, that no kind of technology can make obsolete because people are people. And we crave that interaction with other people. So my goal from the minute people get walk in the door is I want to get to know them and I want them to feel like I'm just one of their girlfriends. I found that just by talking to them, like we're already friends, they treat me like we're already friends. I tease them. I joke with them. I, uh, I just kind of jump right in and just act like, like I'm one of them and they treat me like I'm one of them. And it, it's just as fun for me, I think, as, as it is for them. And I think that's the most important component of uh, the future bookings that I get. 
this isn't necessarily a good thing, but I have quite a few, you know, friends and acquaintances outside of my business that I haven't ever asked yet to host. And I, I probably need to get on that. However, I'm able to have a consistent business just from getting bookings at my events, which is what our hostess plan is designed for. But our hostess plan gets you part of the way there, maybe a big chunk of the way there. Ladies want to get free jewelry. And I love showing it to them and helping them see how great it all looks together so that they want to be able to get more. And then I can offer it to them free and half off. But I think the other huge component of bookings is them feeling connected with me personally. I think if they came to my event and loved the jewelry but didn't connect with me at all, I think they'd be a lot less likely to want to schedule a future event where they're going to spend more time with me and introduce their friends to me. And so some very helpful things that I remember hearing in training early on is um, you know, asking questions about other people and not feeling the need to talk about yourself. A big piece of that, I, it's funny, I always pick up on it now after hearing it in training. I'm like, wow, that's so true. And if I ask someone something and they start talking about something, I may have something in common with that. And so there's a temptation to kind of steal back the conversation and talk about what I know about that subject. But just kind of have realized, you know, I don't need to do that. Let them talk because that feels like to them that they're interesting and I'm learning something about them. And so all those things just throughout the night. I'm developing that rapport, that relationship, so that when it comes to me asking them to get their girlfriends together to see the jewelry, they already know, hey, if I did that, that my girlfriends are going to have fun. Like, I'm going to have fun. And bonus, I'm going to get my favorite pieces free and a half off. But it's about more than just, hey, you can get free jewelry. It's about you're offering them that experience. And so it's just always my goal to facilitate everyone having a just wonderful time. You know, so there's a great hostess plan, there's great jewelry, and then you have an atmosphere of fun with these gals. But what is your verbiage when you get them to commit to book a show of their own? How do you transition? How do you ask? Uh, one of my letters in my letter game is F, and F stands for free. But before I tell them that F stands for free, I really want to help them realize how how much of the jewelry they would love to have that they're not going to get otherwise. And that's just a reality for everybody. And so I have them use their order form to make a wish list during my letter game. And I give them diva dollars for writing things down. And so I tell them, I, I tell them uh, if, if something's going on their love it list, I tell them I want them to use the love it list because at the end it's going to make it easier for them to narrow down what they want to get if they choose to get something if they've already written down the names of the pieces that caught their eye and then I tell them to have a little fun with that if there's a piece I show you that's going to go on your love it list I want you to say love it gotta have it as you write it down and I'll give you two dollars for that so that's how I really encourage them writing a wish list and I routinely have people be like can I have another piece of paper I'm out of room you know and they all laugh and because they like so many of the pieces that I show them of course because our jewelry is fabulous so that is really creating that need. And by the way, if you've been in a while, I'm sure you've heard other people train on that. That is not my idea. I don't know who came up with that, but uh, I'm all about ideas, idea stealing, <laughs> sharing, <laughs> idea sharing, I should say. But anyway, whoever came up with that, it's great. It has worked great. Um, and so then for my, for my booking activity, once we get to that part, before I tell them F, I ask them, I say, raise your hand if there are more pieces on your love it list than you are going to let yourself go home with tonight. And I raise my hand and they raise their hand. And if any of them don't raise their hand, I tease them about it because of course they are going to, they like more pieces than they are going to buy. And then I say, okay, well, I know this is the part of the 
night where you might start to, might be starting to feel a little overwhelmed because I've showed you so many pieces and you love them all and they all want to be friends in your jewelry box together. And now you might be feeling a little anxiety because you don't know which to choose and which to leave behind. And so I just want you to know that if you're feeling that anxiety right now, I just want you to know I'm here for you. And, and I'll pause and they all giggle every time. And some, sometimes one of them will be like, oh, I bet you are, you know, because they think I'm saying like, oh, you can buy it all. Uh, and so they, and sometimes I'll even single out the person who's been the most vocal about, oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. Or, I know they have a really long love it list. I'll, I'll use their name. I'll, I'll walk up to them and I'll say, Shannon, I just want you to know I'm here for you. <laughs> and I kind of say it in a sappy voice and they laugh, which humor really takes the a potential awkwardness off that moment where you're asking and there's the potential for people to say no, which of course happens. So then I kind of pause for them to laugh and I say, the reason I'm here for you is because F is my favorite letter and it stands for free as in a ton of free jewelry that Premier spoils my hostess's list. And then I explain the, the perks. I make a big point of saying, if it doesn't work to have it at your house, I do about half of my events at restaurants and coffee shops. So as long as I've got a couple of friends that would have fun playing in this jewelry with me sometime in the next couple months, we can pick a date and you'll get your, all your favorite pieces free and half off. And then I pull out this little coupon that I printed. I don't, I don't let them keep them. So I have like three or four of them and they just stay in my bag all the time, but it has the cute little graphic and it has our hostess perks on it. And then it just has a $5 like free event shipping from me if you book with me. So that's, that's the gimme I use. What I love about that is, again, it's simple. I don't have to order something that I'm then going to give to them. I just, if they book, they get $5 off. They get free shipping. So for me, each booking costs me $5. That's pretty minimal. doesn't cost a lot. I'm not having to go order things to physically give them there. And then, oh, now I've run out of my, you know, whatever I use for incentives or whatnot. So that's, for me, it's just another element of it being simple. Uh, so that's what I do. I usually start with a people I think are most likely to, to schedule. I have my coupon. I walk up to them and I'll say, so what do you think, Shannon? Do you want to get together to your girlfriends? And I'll just, I'll kind of say it in a playful way. I keep it very playful because I don't want them to feel awkward. I don't want to feel awkward. I want them to know it's okay to say no. Sometimes if it's crickets, I'll say, you know, I promise I won't go cry in the bathroom if none of you want to have a party with me, but I will be sad, you know, something like that. I just try to keep it playful. And usually, you know, on average, one to two people will say, yeah. Then you kind of get that group thing going where someone will tell someone else, well, you should do one. I'll come to yours if you have one, you know, that whole dynamic. Mm -hmm. So I definitely seem to commit in the group, but I follow back up with everyone at checkout. So the way I kind of transition out of my booking activity part is just to say, okay, well, if you're still thinking about it, I'll make sure to ask each one of you to check out if, you know, what that might look like for you. And we can talk more about it then. And that's kind of my transition away from it. But usually by then I have one or two that have already committed to it. Very good. Very good. And I love that because, again, it's going back. It, it's the thread of that booking is all through your show. You're building a, a love for the jewelry. You're having them make a list. Uh, you refer to that list. You have a lot of fun. You're there to help them and serve them to get everything in their shopping cart. And then ultimately you share the hostess perks and follow up at checkout. It sounds so simple. But, you know, most jewelers are afraid to ask. Did you ever have to overcome that? Or have you always been a natural? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That was my biggest, that was my biggest issue for my first, my first year 
too. I was not one of those like all-star first year jewelers. I think, I think I did 13 events probably or so my first year. Um, so it's not like I did nothing, but it was very inconsistent. And yeah, I was, I was paralyzed with fear of asking people. I was so, because going into signing up to BM premier, I had had a pretty negative view of, of direct sales just because we all know people that are pushy and don't do it right. And my mom growing up had hosted some party for some other company and felt like the rep was really pushy and it had just kind of scarred her. And she like, will never host ever again because she just, she felt awkward about that. And so I just remember kind of having that overall sense growing up that it was about being pushy and it did take probably a couple of years, I would say, before I really hit my stride of just being confident that, hey, I'm offering something great. And when people say no, they're not saying, no, I hate you. They're saying no things. And that's just fine. But it's one thing to know that intellectually, it's sometimes hard for our hearts to accept that uh, because it does sort of feel like you're putting yourself out there when you ask. So a lot of different sister jewelers give great trainings you know, on that topic. But uh, really, it starts with believing that what you're offering them is something great. It may not be a great time for them, or it may not be their preference, and that's just fine. But what we have to offer is truly great, so we should be confident to offer it. So your turning point with all of that and overcoming the fear was really just self-talk to tell you that, you know what, I have got to do this, and what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, uh, you just had to change your way of thinking about it. And, uh, and then, Absolutely. and yeah. then when you started to talk, you got the results. So that is great, Cassidy. And I appreciate that. Cause again, a lot of jewelers, you know, those fears of feeling like they're pushy, feeling like they're going to offend somebody are stronger than they're, than getting that need met. And to overcome that is crucial. So glad you shared that. Glad you were open and honest about that. Um, you, you know, I'm going to ask you a little bit about, uh, um, just advice to a new jeweler. Uh, you, you've answered a lot of the questions. You've talked about your your systems and your balance and, and everything and the tools that you use. Um, but then putting yourself back as a brand new jeweler, what's the, the the advice that you would give a new jeweler who's listening to you today? I think one of the most valuable lessons that I have learned is how to not ride with the highs and lows emotionally as, as good and not so good things happen in my business. Uh, what I just kind of just stay more even keel emotionally. Uh, so what I mean by that is, you know, think of my income, for instance, in averages, obviously every event is different. Some are higher, some are lower, but it all comes out in the wash because over 250 shows I have earned on average between 250 and $300 per event. So now I have a long enough track record to know, Hey, if I only made a hundred dollars one night, okay, there's going to be another night that I make $500. I don't get crushed by one and super related by the other. I, I just kind of stay more steady state. In the beginning, I was very like, someone would tell me they were going to sign up and I felt on cloud nine and then they would, you know, flake out, which happens. And then I would be in the depths of despair. <laughs> just so frustrated. Or, you know, I would have a big show and I would just be dancing, you know, on the rooftops. And then I would have three people cancel on me in a row and I would feel like quitting. And I think new jewelers, especially just because you don't have that on your own track record yet to look back on and go, okay, it's going to be fine. You take the good with the bad. I think you're especially susceptible to kind of falling into that. And you just, you don't have a big enough pool of your own experience to, to see that, Hey, over time there's, it, it all averages out. Uh, 
I was kind of thinking about an analogy with that the other day. If I flipped a penny three times in a row and it was heads every time, it would not be logical for me to say, well, every time you flip a coin, it's heads. Because, hey, three out of three, that's 100% of the time. If you flip a coin, it's heads. Obviously, we know that's not the way. So that's not a big enough pool of data to be able to draw that conclusion. Uh, but I really, I think that's what I see a lot of newer jewelers do. They have three shows in a row where no one books with them, and they draw the conclusion, well, three out of three, that's a zero. You know, nobody in the universe will book a show with me. I should just quit. <laughs> it's like you, you haven't been doing it long enough to logically draw that conclusion from your small little set of data. Same thing with low retail shows or just, you know, cancellations, anything like that. Like I've had three cancellations in a row. Well, that must mean that everyone that books with me will cancel. No, it doesn't mean that. You have to stick around long enough to see that you take the good with the bad, but it all comes out in the wash. And what you what you end up with on average is a very, very viable, well worth it business from the financial side that I wasn't even looking for coming in that I would never want to give up now, now that I've been in it long enough to see that. So what you tying all this together and even to your advice to this new jeweler, if you are consistent over the long haul, you're going to have success and don't let little, little hurdles along the way trip you up. So I, I love that consistent on the long haul. Absolutely. Don't give up and don't quit. And I tell you what, you never know what tomorrow holds. You never know what this event's going to result in. But if you're consistent in this business, then you don't have to worry about, about that. And I appreciate that, asking you to be a little open here again. When you started as a new jeweler, um, was it that way from the beginning? Or did you have to grow in an area to come to appreciate that confidence? Because you have such a confidence about you right now with the business. Um, was there something that had to change in your life about that? Did you get real discouraged over oh. a, an event at one time and, and, and now you, now you're different? Oh my goodness. I mean, yes. And it's not been any one necessarily moment that that shifted. I'm pretty stubborn. So I think at times in the beginning, I just didn't give up because I don't, that's just, I don't give up. I'm too stubborn to do that. <laughs> um, but there were times that I wanted to. And uh, interestingly, actually probably I've had was my rally which i signed at the tail end of july so my first rally was almost almost at my one year mark and my first whole year had been just you know ups and downs i'd have a great show and think that was great but then i'd have cancellations or low retail actually the months of may and june leading up to that first rally i think i had had six or so events on the calendar all six of them canceled on me like not even postponed, every one of them canceled. And I remember driving in the car. It's funny the moments that stick out to you because I can remember the road I was driving on, just feeling like maybe like this is just maybe it's a sign. I don't know. Like this just isn't you know working. But I was already signed up for rally, so I already committed to that you know financially. And so I went to my first rally, and a big you know turning point moment for me was Thursday night, the first, you know, full day of rally. I remember walking out of the arena. I think it was, it must have been right after the, the missionary part, um, the missions night. And I pulled out my phone. I called my husband. I remember where I was outside the Fort Worth convention center. And I said to him verbatim, Penny, we are part of the best company in the world. I said that <laughs> and I was just so blown away by the bigger picture of the company, the heart of it, the people, the missions, the 
the sharing the gospel, sharing God's love, just that's so much bigger than one show canceling or a low retail show. Like when when I was looking at the big picture, all those small irritations, frustrations, disappointments, they just seem so tiny by comparison. Like this is about a lot more than that. And and it, I also was convicted just about kind of the selfish attitude I, I feel I had had toward my business that first year, just thinking about the money that I wanted to make. And so then if something or someone you know did something that got in the way of that, now I'm just frustrated at them because I'm trying to be successful. And it was just very self-focused. And I, you know, I think God just showed me that at that first rally that he's doing something to this company that's a lot bigger than me. And, you know, Scott, he, he's, he's in control. So he's perfectly capable of, you know, making sure my family has the financial resources that we need. And that's another area I've really grown in just trusting, like, hey, if I have cancellations, okay, it's going to happen. God, you know how much we need this month. Like, I'll keep doing what I can do, things that are out of my control. I've gotten a lot better about just not stressing about. Um, But that was just a real big takeaway from that first rally that I have an opportunity to love on people through my events. And that's a lot bigger than dollars and cents. And the effect of that lasts a lot longer than that money will last. And that's a much um, higher goal. And so I just took that with me. That was when I first started praying on the way to my shows and just thinking about the women I would meet in terms of more than just how many pieces of jewelry they would buy. And I just saw a big um, difference moving forward. That's also, interestingly, the the point in time that my my, um, show business got consistent from that point on about about a year in until now it's been pretty consistent over time as compared to that first year and I think that's the reason why because when you focus on the people the the other things kind of take care of themselves you know books are going to happen when you're loving on people because people feel connected and drawn to you so they want to spend time with you and have an, an event you know for instance and then you've brought up again that secret to your success has really been focusing on other people rather than yourself and you've mentioned that a number of times on this call. So I, I appreciate your example in that. So, um, you know, for all our new jewelers, I tell you what, Cassidy uh, really sets a great example. She has fears. She had obstacles. Took her that first year to learn a lot of these lessons. But by building a consistent business, focusing on people, putting them and their needs before your own, and not quitting has been the difference maker. So everybody can do that. So thank you, Cassidy. I appreciate you sharing all that. Uh, let me just leave with... Anything else you want to say? Is there anything else that you were thinking, I really want to make sure I say this or I want to share this, anything at all? Or do you think we've kind of covered all the ins and outs of what was on your heart? Yeah, well, I guess one other thing that's been on my heart recently, uh, I feel like we've talked a lot towards maybe newer jewelers. But I know I'm sure there's a lot of jewelers listening that maybe you're not new. Maybe you've been around for a while. And um, if you're like me, maybe you've set goals that you haven't, hit and maybe your business um, isn't always going exactly how you thought you wanted it to or, or whatnot. And, you know, I've, I've talked about, we all know the kind of disappointments and frustration frustrations that can happen. And I just had, kind of had a, a more recent moment that was uh, really important for me uh, back just this, this year in February. Um, last fall, I had my best season ever in premiere best two best single months ever in premiere in October and November um I exceeded my goals of course was celebrated for that you you know you feel awesome that's happening and you know that's great of course but when you're coming off of that you know January was okay and then February I had I went into February with nine shows on the calendar and 
I kid you not, eight of them in a row, eight of them in a row canceled or moved. And it was just like day after day, I'd get like another text or, and I'd tell, I'd tell my husband, you're not going to believe this. Another one of them canceled. And I'm used to doing at least one show a week. So it's like a whole, a whole pretty much ended up passing, but I didn't have a single show. And I mean, goodness, that is, if that's not frustrating, you know, no matter who you are, how long you've been doing this and it doesn't feel good, you know, and, and those emotions are valid, but you know, it's just so important to not be owned by our emotions. And those are the times when we have to tell ourselves what's true, regardless of how we feel. And so I just, you know, kept plugging away, hoping, you know, that would, that trend would change at some point. But after eight cancellations and postponements, I, I had a show hold finally, yay. Hostess name was Mary. I had a lovely evening. I got two bookings. I made $300. And on the way driving home, I just had this moment of kind of going, you know what? Even on my day in premiere, it's still worth, it's still worth it. It's still worth staying in. Like, even if I had eight cancellations for every one show that held, it would still be worth it. Uh, Even if I have a show where I don't make anything, it's still worth it. I love my shows. I love what I get to do. I feel blessed to do it. Uh, Like I said, you know, the financial piece, I have found it. It all, it all works itself out. God works that out. Um, So even in the midst of those discouragements, even when you're not crushing your goals or things aren't going your way, it's still worth it. That was just kind of what resonated with me after that event. And I thought, you know what, what if I had after the eighth person canceled on me, just said, you know what, nobody wants to do jewelry shows anymore or I guess I'm not supposed to do this anymore. And I'd quit before I went to that ninth event. What would I have missed out on? And that applies to so many things in life. But you you know, the truth is, we are always, literally could always be just one show, one phone call, one text away from so many amazing things that would come. And so when we let ourselves listen to the discouragement in those moments, if we cut it off there and don't, don't persevere through it, then you're missing out on whatever's on the other side. So um, that's just kind of one final encouragement, just to realize that what we're part of in Premier is a lot bigger than one show or one hostess or one jeweler on your team that quits or, or whatever. And that even on, on the wor- at the worst time, it's still worth it to keep going. That's great. That's great. Uh, hashtag, it's still worth it. So uh, we'll get you use that. I appreciate you sharing all that. And let's get to the lightning round. And uh, just going to ask you some questions. They might seem off the cuff, but I just want your gut answer, the first thing that comes to your mind. And uh, we'll see how everybody listening would answer the same or differently than Cassidy Beatty. So you ready for the lightning round? I'm ready. All right, Cassidy, what is your favorite piece of jewelry? I love those in-bloom earrings. I've been wearing them all over the place. Ah, in-bloom earrings. It's, we're just glad that those weren't the earrings that you saw when you were naming your daughter, because I don't know if In Bloom would have been the best name for her. But <laughs> hey, it's, it's nice Bloom, for it. I yeah, know, yeah, cute. yeah, it could be. Uh, how do you drink your coffee? Lots of cream, moderate amount of sugar. It's against my religion to drink it black. So okay. Against <laughs> your religion to drink it black. What time do you wake up each day? Uh, I probably on average around eight. As long as I'm up by nine, I don't feel like a total slob, but I am not a morning person at all. All right. What's one thing you do that gives you energy during the day? 
Um, take naps. <laughs> take naps. Very good. I tell you what, Cassidy, you have, a, you have a lot of energy, and uh, the neat thing is you don't overdo it. I, I, I appreciate that about you. So being being careful, consistent, and consistent with your naps gives you energy. That's great. What's one place to travel on your bucket list that you've not yet been? I would love to go to Greece. Love the to go to Greece. The islands of Greece. That would be beautiful. It is a beautiful place. And I tell you what, your kids now, ranging from age two and nine, is that right? Your oldest daughter's nine? Eight. Eight. So eight. Yeah. So uh, your, your kids from two to eight, uh, I tell you what, they're watching mom uh, not just work premier, but involved in all these other things. And like you said, we got volleyball coaching coming up soon this next season. So you are going to be a busy gal, but I don't think that you are going to – at all slow down in your premier business because you're working smart, you're working consistent, and you're putting people first. And I tell you what, Cassidy, God's going to continue to bless that. I appreciate everything you've shared today. Cassidy, thank you so much for being with us. We look forward to seeing you. Thanks for joining us today. For more stories about enriching lives and training tips for growing your business, subscribe to the Chic Space podcast.